Welcome to Life on the Watercrest Line. In this series, we follow the activities of the line throughout the year. We go behind the scenes and see all aspects of the operation. Episode 8. It's the Watercrest Line Open Weekend. Let's see what's going on. I'm stood here on Ropley Station platform. Early autumn day, beautiful blue sky with a few clouds, sun shining brightly and Cheltenham steaming gently, waiting to go down to Alsford as a light engine to pick up some carriages. The open weekend allows people to see behind the scenes of the Watercrest Line. There are a number of displays at the different stations along the line and at Ropley, Becky Peacock is leading tours at the workshops as part of the outreach programme. In the education room and the viewing gallery, there's an exhibition about women working on the railway, particularly during the two world wars. The weekend coincides with the wider National Heritage Weekend programme and members of the Midhance Rail Preservation Society can visit the line for free today. Cheltenham is a schools-class locomotive built for the Southern Railway. Resplendent here, polished up today in beautiful green colour. Number 925 on the Southern Railway roster. We had the slightly strange sight of two locomotives coupled together waiting to go down to Arlesford, both pointing in opposite directions. You'd almost think they were about to do a tug of war. There is a gathering air of expectation as people are waiting for the first up train in the morning, which is due in five or ten minutes. There is a three train service running today, plus freight movements as well. And uh, the freight movements will be using a steam locomotive. Two of the three trains for normal passengers will be steam. And the third will be a diesel multiple unit Hampshire set that the line also operates. The first train of the morning towards Alton is the Hampshire two-car unit. These used to be a feature of Southern Region on the lines that weren't electrified. There were either Hampshire units or similar units. They ran down to Hastings, they ran down to Oxted and Uckfield and they also ran in this part of the world.
in the education room and viewing gallery, there's a very interesting display of materials regarding the roles of women on railways, particularly during the First and Second World Wars. I found the story of two women who worked for the Great Western Railway to be of particular interest. They pretended to be men, and when they were unmasked and proved to be women, they were tried and sent to prison, because apparently impersonating a man was illegal. I've been invited into the signal box to witness one of the more complex rail movements that's taking place today. The goods train on its way. This is going to be a, a slightly unusual and interesting set of moves coming up now because we're bringing the uh, pass down passenger train into the far side, whereas normally it would come into this side, and the up freight train which is going to pass it here is going to come through this side so it can have a clear run straight through. And that will uh, confuse people no doubt. Well that's right and the, the platform staff have to be careful about uh, telling people which side the trains are on which I'm sure they're doing as well. Right. Yep so the down train is now just coming into our area that buzzer means he's passing the distance signal which is a caution because um, we can't clear the line right through for him because uh, there's going to be trains crossing. So I will caution him in at each signal on the way in. The first one is the outer home there. When that lights up, I'll uh, clear that. And then when he gets to here, I'll clear the signal into the platform for him. So was that buzzer an automated? Yes, an automatic buzzer which is uh, triggered by a treadle in the track just close to this distance signal here, number 30, the yellow lever there. We'd only pull the yellow lever if we were able to clear all the signals through the, through the main line. see that the signal has responded to my lever pull on this repeater as we call it where it goes from on to off 
And Sigmund always wants to know when he pulls the lever, of course, whether things are actually happening at the other end. It also uh, seems to take quite a lot of energy or effort to pull it. Well, that's a long way out. Good, good. You make a good point there. It is a long way out, and um, that's why it's such a heavy pull. Just informing the platform staff now that the down train is approaching for platform one. So, how far out is that in yards? Um, it's about, I think, 800 yards out. So, mm. you're pulling 800 yards of cable? That's correct, yeah, absolutely. And against a counterbalance as well. And the red light is moving towards us. That's right, that's a track circuit, which, uh, and the track circuit's right the way through the station that tells us that the train is on that, that piece of track. That one was easier. Yeah, it's much closer. Uh -huh. The freight is uh, on its way up, but he's going to have to wait, I'm afraid, because we can't bring him in until we have the token. Why did you take it part uh, way? That's what we call a backlock. When the uh, train has not passed completely clear of all the track circuits immediately in front of the signal, that is, you know, after it's passed the signal, that's an extra safety feature that stops you making any other moves until that's all the way back. London end, as we call it, to uh, take the freight through on this side. And I can now do the same at this end. And the freight has come onto your chart as the well. Freight, he is, he's now sitting at my up outer home signal and I don't want to bring him any further until I've got the, uh, the key token which has arrived with the down train in my hands so I can ask permission to send him onwards. Who gets the key token from the down train? We put it through the machine, get a new one out and into the pouch and then it will be handed to the, uh, uh, the up train as it, as it comes through. And he of course will give one up at the same time for the uh, section that he's just passed through. Do you have to collect that token or does somebody collect it on your behalf? Normally I would do it, but because of this unusual move and the collection needs to be done down the far end, the platform staff are doing it for me. Here we go. Here we go. Complete with tail Lovely, thank you very much. Complete with And the token's been turned in its lock and taken out. Yes, thank you. The lever with the uh, white band on it is what we call the uh, section signal, which is the one that admits the train into the section onto the next signal box. 
the last uh, last opportunity we have to control the train before it disappears into the blue yonder. So very shortly now we'll see this magnificent freight train, goods train, come through this platform. What are the with chains on them over there? Yes, they are what we call wire adjusters, and so are those hoops that are sticking up through the floor. The uh, the ones at the back are for long distance signals because they're quite a coarse adjustment and. Uh, the uh, tension on the wire is quite great, um, whereas the uh, the other ones that you see closer to us uh, are for the nearby signals and a much much a much finer adjustment. But they both do the same thing to alter the length of the wire uh, according to uh, you know how warm or cold the weather is. And of course, every time we uh, make a, a signal on the machines the next box we always enter it in the uh, train register. Does somebody go through the train register and check it or or is it there in case there's an incident? It's, it's both, it's both. Yes it does get checked uh, fairly regularly and it's there of course should there be any need to refer back to what has happened in, at any particular time. Crucial of course if there's an incident. And here comes the freight now. informed Medstead up the line that the uh, train is entering section now on, on its way to him. Change the road again at the country end to allow the down passenger train to leave. And the piece of metal that you took off the handle? Right, we call that a lever collar. Officially it's called a reminder appliance. It was I put it on the signal some minutes ago to remind me that that train was going to stop in that platform and not go any further until the freight had come up. So it's just an extra reminder. Very, very. And you wouldn't have been able to operate the small hand lever until exactly. you removed it? Yes, it, it, it stops me operating the lever, but more importantly it reminds me of, of a situation. Yeah. I'm with Martin Alford, who looks after the friends of 80150 Locomotive Group. Martin, tell me about it. 80150 is a British Railways standard four-tank engine, built in 1956, scrapped in 1965, so it didn't work for very long, and it then went to the scrapyard in South Wales and it was one of the very last to get out so it is in or certainly was in terrible condition when it arrived at the railway so we formed a group to try and do something about that and to turn its fortunes around and try and get it back towards being a running loco again. The loco in its working days has history with this line. I it believe. has history very closely related to this line because it was built at Brighton, worked from Brighton Shed in its first few years and in 1963 it was transferred to Eastleigh 
and it worked all the local lines around here. We know for a fact that it worked Watercrest trains on the Watercrest line because I know a man who was on them. So how long is your project going to take? I think realistically, um, given how little material we have to work with, because it's got so few parts attached, a lot of those have gone on to other locos. We are gradually replacing them, but it's looking like a 15-year project. And when did you start? We started, I think it was November 2016, so we've not been going for very long. A long way to go. We must be getting on for another 13 years in your... Well, that's right. But if you, if you have a look at the, the loco, which is on display at Allsford, she actually looks really quite respectable now. And our operations manager has put her at the head of a, a rake of coaches. And she looks for all the world as if she's about to leave for Winchester. <laughs> so it, it's, it's been beautifully presented um, by the ops department. And you should go and have a look. She looks great. What actually needs to be done to actually get steam out of the... Uh, we need to raise about three-quarters of a million quid, basically. <laughs> and that would probably do it. Um, it's a lot of money, but as with all these things, if you've got the will and you've got enough people that want something to happen, it can happen. And that's why you're selling things here at that's Rockley Station. That's why we're selling things. That's why we've got merchandise, we've got T-shirts, we've got polo shirts, we've got hats... We want to get this thing as the most famous steam locomotive after Flying Scotsman. And if we fail, then we're not doing it properly. <laughs> no, it's a very, very, very good objective. What are the major bits that still need to be done? Well, really at the moment all we're doing is conservation. So we're stopping the locomotive from getting any worse. Now to do that, there is a very fine line between conservation and restoration... For instance, replacing the roof will be a major factor because we've, it's had no roof for about 30 years or more and quite a lot of what's underneath the roof has become very rotten, including the frame stretchers. And we had a lot of problems with a bogey which had completely seized up, so we need to get a roof on it. We ran an appeal for the cab roof and we raised £4,000 in 10 weeks, which just shows you how popular this loco is. So at the moment we're looking to make some repairs to the cab so we've got enough structure to actually hang the roof on and then we intend to get the roof made and get that fitted. And we might even look at doing a smoke box chimney after that, just chipping away a little bit at a time. The big things though will be things like the boiler and yes. that and that will take somewhat longer I presume. It'll take longer and it'll take a minimum of £100,000. And until we get the loco movable and up to Ropley, we can't start pulling it apart and we can't really start having a look at what we're up against with the boiler because all the tubes are still in it, so we can't have a proper survey until those tubes come out. Most standard four tanks that have been restored have had to have a new boiler barrel. We know we need a new smoke box. Those are fairly likely things that we'll need to replace. We're hoping that the firebox will be all right, even though there's a patch in it, but... That was fairly standard back in the day. It is what it is. And how many of the standard fours are there in preservation? There are 15, of which 13 have steamed, and two, namely 80100 and 80150, have yet to steam. But the reason there's so many is because it's the perfect preservation loco. It's just the right size. There were tails that back in the day people would get 90 miles an hour out of them. So they were pretty seriously good for tank engines. As I say, it's, it's just ideal for all of our services. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
This podcast is published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Thank you.